Ooh, and it looks like we're live. <laughs> Welcome back to This Week in Privacy, everybody. This is episode seven, um, and I'm re-uploading this episode because I had some issues posting it a few days ago, and then I had a whole power outage situation I was dealing with. It's just been a whole mess. So <laughs> we're doing it take two. Here we go. Um, this Week in Privacy is our weekly series where we cover the latest updates with what we're working on within the Privacy Guides community and this week's top stories in the data privacy and cybersecurity space. I'm your host, Jonah, and of course, as always, this show is presented by Privacy Guides, a nonprofit which researches and shares privacy-related information and facilitates a community on our forum and matrix rooms where people can ask questions and get advice about staying private online and preserving their digital rights. Um... Real brief updates just in the Privacy Guide space. Uh, this week we published some new changes to privacyguides.org. Um, Daniel, another Privacy Guides team member, has been doing a lot of testing of different news aggregator RSS clients, and we ended up replacing G feeds with Newsflash as a tool that Linux readers should check out. Um, it looked like G feeds was pretty much unmaintained at this point, and Newsflash seems to be a more modern alternative. So. If you are looking for an RSS reader on Linux or you're a current GFeeds user looking for something newer, um, definitely check out Newsflash. Um, the other major update to the site was some information on stolen data protection. Of course, this is a new feature in iOS 17.3. So if you follow our iOS overview guide and all of that stuff, uh, there's information about that now. Otherwise, just a lot of little minor changes. If you want, you can always check the whole change log. It's linked at the top of our website if you want to know everything that's been going on. Um, that's it for Privacy Guides updates, though. Moving on to general privacy news. Um, our first story this week, Microsoft is continuing to assert their monopoly status over the web by forcibly switching people to use Microsoft Edge, it seems like. Um, here's The Verge reporting that Microsoft Edge or Microsoft is automatically opening Microsoft Edge after they update your PC with all of the tabs from the browser that you were using before. Um, so it seems to just import all of your data automatically and try and switch you over without you noticing. That's pretty scummy behavior on Microsoft's end, I would say. Um, our next story, uh, Apple claims that there's that new proposed laws in the United Kingdom could let the UK government unilaterally, unilaterally sorry, veto new privacy and security features introduced by tech companies. Um, other civil liberty groups such as Privacy International and Big Brother Watch have also spoken, spoken out about these changes. Um, this article from the BBC says that the group said they were concerned about that the proposed changes would force technology companies, including those based overseas, to inform the UK government of any plans to improve security or privacy measures on their platforms so that the government can consider serving a notice to prevent such changes. So that's if you're in the UK, definitely be aware of that and maybe see what you can do to stop that from passing. But it seems like pretty bad news in terms of government overreach over there. So definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, in other news, the developer of Knitter, a very popular front end for uh, the Twitter social network, now known as X, I suppose, um, says on their GitHub tracker that they don't see a way forward for the Knitter project after Twitter severely cut off guest access to the service, which potentially marks the beginning of the end for both Knitter and all privacy-respecting Twitter front ends in general. Um, Privacy front ends are something that we 
uh, do cover on our site and they provide a lot of advantages from like hiding your information from the site itself to allowing you to access the, the site without annoying pop-ups or without JavaScript, that kind of thing, um, which can improve your privacy and security on the web. So it's really unfortunate that Twitter is locking down all their access like this, but this is something that is probably a long time coming because Twitter has been slowly restricting pretty much all access to the service for anyone who isn't logged in. So it's only a matter of time before not only like these API tools, but also like web scrapers can no longer access Twitter information without a login. And that might just be how it goes, but really unfortunate for anybody trying to browse Twitter and preserve their privacy. Um, in more news from the BBC, Italy's Data Protection Authority found privacy violations in OpenAI's ChatGPT tool. Um, they say that they are related to mass collection of users' data, which is then used to train the algorithm. The regulator is also concerned that younger users may be exposed to inappropriate content generated by the chatbot. Under the EU's GDPR law, firms which break the rules can be fined up to 4% of the company's global turnover. Um, so that would be pretty big news if true. It seems like there are concerns that ChatGPT could, for example, return some of the data that it was trained on, and sometimes it was trained on personal data. So uh, potentially any of the data that they scraped to build the models for that AI chatbot could potentially lead to some kind of personal privacy violation. So it's really good, I think, that um, Italy and other regulatory bodies are investigating this kind of thing. Um, but that is the latest news as far as ChatGPT privacy goes. Um, our next report is from Fast Company. They report that Axon, which is the largest supplier of body cams to police agencies, is now pitching their devices for use by retail and healthcare employees. Um, they say that the idea is mostly twofold, to enforce accountability on its wearer's part and to discourage the on-the-job abuse that's been surging against frontline workers even before the pandemic began, which is a really interesting way of framing it as a way to protect workers as opposed to a way to monitor workers, but um, very, very interesting stuff. Um, pretty crazy. Um, Fast Company says that body cams of all kinds have begun to appear on hospital and in-store workers in the U.S. following rollouts in Australia and the U.K., including at the National Health Service and retail giant Tesco. Um, most workers that are wearing these Axon cameras are security personnel right now, but trials are underway with non-security healthcare staff and in-store retail associates, the company says. So definitely something to keep an eye on. That would be pretty crazy if true, but it seems like potentially... Um, potentially all of these retail employees will be <laughs> wearing cameras from now on, which would be um, pretty, make it pretty weird to shop, I would think, but that's just me. Um, our next story here from the CBC, um, let's see, uh, we talked about age verification, I think, either in the last episode or the one before that, but it looks like a similar law is working its way through Canada as well. Um, the CBC has a whole article on privacy and censorship concerns with age verification laws like this, which if you're in Canada, I would definitely check out. Um, it covers pretty much all of the same stuff that we've been saying about age verification this whole time, that it's going to lead to increased surveillance of even adults using services as they try and tie their ID to everything that they visit on the web and potential censorship, um, for 
sites that may be deemed age inappropriate, even if they cover pretty non-controversial or uh, safe content, that kind of thing. So again, this is something that seems to be trending in a lot of places and Canada is no exception apparently. So if you're in Canada, definitely keep an eye on that and try and stop that if, if you have any way to do so. Um, our final privacy story here is <laughs> another pretty crazy one. Uh, 10 News First Sydney reports that a fleet of 70 congestion, bu- congestion bu- busting drones, it's hard to say, is being deployed in Australia, monitoring drivers in New South Wales. So it seems like um, traffic authorities in Australia are trialing these monitors that are, or these drones that are going to monitor pretty much everyone on the road, see where they're going. Um, they say it's for traffic purposes, but of course, this could always expand in the future in some in some way so uh (laughs) just ever increasing surveillance it's it's unfortunate that we have to keep reporting on it but here we are uh moving on to security news i just have one uh highlight this week um cloudflare finally published more information about a security incident that they experienced at the end of last year um, no customer data was affected in this case, but it again, with all of these like cloud for breaches and that kind of thing, it demonstrates how much of a target that big tech infrastructure like cloud for has really made themselves as a result of centralizing everything on their platforms. And while this one didn't actually impact any customer sites or anything like that, um, there definitely have been numerous incidents with Cloudflare that have impacted customer sites and it's really a case of putting everything in one basket. It's not super great as far as centralization or privacy goes overall. So just another thing to be reminded of when it comes to Cloudflare. Um, Finally, moving on to community news here, just a couple of things to mention. Uh, ProtonMail finally released their desktop apps for Windows and Mac OS in beta for all paid subscribers. It uh, was previously limited to visionary users. Unfortunately, there's still no version of this app for Linux, so uh, <laughs> Linux users will have to wait, which seems to be a pretty common pattern with Proton releases. Unfortunately, I wish that they would, you know, release on all their platforms at the same time with some sort of feature parity, but that's rarely the case. But if you're on Windows or Mac OS and you're a paid Proton user, um, maybe check out this app. I have used it a couple of times on macOS, and it seems to be quite nice for my personal use, so I'll probably end up switching to it, but uh, yeah, definitely check it out. It's it's a cool service. And finally, um, there's a bill which uh, earlier this week the Senate in the U.S. met to discuss called the Kids Online Safety Act. Uh, They met with CEOs from various tech companies about this law and similar laws which are still being considered despite pretty strong resistance from groups like Fight for the Future and the EFF. So I posted a video um, about this if you're interested in learning more about it on my own channel. So you can look up the Kids Online Safety Act video there, but pretty much it's just another way to, similar to the age verification laws, um, that's actually a component of the Kids Online Safety Act where they would require strict age verification, and that would, of course, bring along censorship and that kind of thing. Um, they would also pretty much open the floodgates to allow the government to censor any content that they don't like because the content that is 
described as potentially being blocked by this bill is very, very broad. Um, they basically say any content that might harm children is um, should be blocked and without a concrete definition that could just be expanded to anything you might as well make like a law that says any crime is illegal and that could be your one law but <laughs> obviously that's not how laws work we need strict definitions and things like that and all of these proposed laws to supposedly protect children don't have strict definitions like that because in reality they are just here to um, expand government powers and nothing else that's all of my stories for uh, this week in privacy. Thank you for tuning in. Um, it, this will be available as a podcast, which is pretty new if you didn't catch that last week. Um, so you can check that out. At, uh, just go to blog.privacyguides.org and find this post and you'll find a link to the podcast in an embedded podcast reader where you can add this into any podcast client you want. You can also follow this on YouTube and you can follow all of this in text form uh, via our newsletter on blog.privacyguides.org. So if you want to get these updates in your email mailbox right away, you can definitely give us a follow there as well. Otherwise, uh, be sure to stay, stay subscribed to this YouTube channel if you enjoy watching these live streams as they happen. And I will talk to you all 